everybody, Kyle popping in at the end just to say a big thank you for listening to this segment from our interview series. If you'd like to support this show, the best way to do it is go to revelatornetwork.com. Check out everything. We've got a shop that sells some occult stuff. We've got the membership program, which is absolutely fantastic. It's where we do our live seances and such. I mean, it's going to be super fun once we get all settled into the, the RPNHQ here check it out. There's lots of goodies, lots of fun on the blog, and you can find more links to today's speaker up on the blog. Our, our guest will have some some information up there. I always post a little something-something, so go look into that. Um, also, just, just enjoy all the goodies. Get in the Gilded server, too. Gilded.gg forward slash RPN. It's where the live streams happen over on Twitch as well. Twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Paranormal. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody. Kyle here. You're listening to the Chaos and Shadow podcast. I'm joined here by my co-host, Pagan. Pagan, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I am doing super well, thank you, because we're joined here. I'm going to call him one of my closest Twitter friends of the weird and strange that I interact with on a regular basis. We have the one and only AP Strange with us. AP Strange is an amateur researcher of all things weird, has a lifelong interest in ghosts, monsters, and UFOs. He writes about these subjects on his blog at apstrange.com. He's the Massachusetts ambassador for Liminal Earth, awesome group there, a worldwide interactive mapping project with a goal of re-mythologizing, I'm going to butcher this AP, I can't do it, mythologicalizing our landscapes, and is also re-mythologizing, I knew the word, but I uh, (laughs) knew I was never going to get that out on the fly, also a (laughs) member of the Magonia Research Group, and holds a doctorate in kook science, AP, welcome to the show, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Roasting, cooking over here in Salt Lake City where it's almost 100 degrees today. Oh, I'm so that sorry. It's like awful. 75 <gasps> here and beautiful. I'm so sorry that we can't share weather. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I'm enjoying. We've been doing a very, very casual summer series. AP might have seen that I'm moving out to um, my childhood home that's been just rented out over the past couple years. And I'm picking up custodianship of it. It's got some really awesome energy in that place. Um, really, really active. It has a history of even being a, a doctor's office back in the 1800s. Like, it's got rich lore. So in today's episode, um, in, in light of us just doing this relaxed fit summer vibe, we want to talk to you about all things liminal. And I mean, you're totally someone that's that's in the space. You've got a hand in every kind of pot. And can I maybe ask you right off the bat, like, what brought you to the world of the strange? And do you have a favorite area even even just at that? Oh, uh, I think I was born into it. <laughs> uh, it's it's tough for me to pick a favorite. And uh, as far as origin stories go, it's hard to even pick out one one thing that really uh, got me started with it. But I mean, my earliest experience, I think I was probably um four or five and there are others that were before i was born um or even you know like you know in in my early couple of years that with um mostly ghostly type stuff growing up with poltergeist activity i think that that was a a big part of it but um just generally being attracted to all things weird uh including science fiction and horror and all that other stuff and uh 
but you know having a fascination with monsters like the Loch Ness monster as a kid <laughs> it's it's just like it's hard to pick a favorite because all of these things kind of set off the same kind of same set of circuits in in my brain that uh make me happy you know mm-hmm. uh, there's there's a kind of thrill you get when you see a picture of the Loch Ness monster um my first couple of blog posts were about Nessie and particularly the surgeon's photo. Um, the famous picture from, from, uh, 1930s because to me, it's like art, you know, it's, um, I, whether it's real, whether it's a hoax, it, it, none of that matters because that, that image just symbolizes so much to me about, um, wonder and, uh, uh, the limits of possibility, you know, um, so, you know, having grown up around ghosties and and <laughs> thinking about possi- the possibility of living dinosaurs, uh, it was only natural that I'd also be into UFOs and uh, psychical research and the occult. So anything that can be considered weird, I pretty much know something about. I'm kind of a jack of all paranormal and weird trades. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I resonate with what you said so, so much. As as a kid of the 90s, growing up with a steady diet of just kind of the, the, the weird and paranormal that the Discovery Channel, the History Channel, all those things were just globbing out there. Um, I, even the Animal Planet back in the day was doing all kinds <laughs> of weird cryptid shows. I, I feel you when you say, like, you look at it, a photo of Nessie and it feels like an art form. And it really gives you certain vibes with it i i, I want to ask in conjunction ap are you somebody that sees a lot of these things as siloed phenomena like we talk sometimes of cryptids being flesh and blood and uh, ufos sometimes being nuts and bolts do you th- are you someone that's in the camp of more silos and separate or do you think this thing could be more interconnected than we usually talk about I think the reality of the situation is weirder than we even have concepts for, <laughs> you know, um, I think the, the conjecturing is a whole lot of fun, but I think ultimately the answers are, are something that are so beyond our grasp that you wouldn't be able to, uh, even conceive of the foundation upon which they manifest. So (laughs) basically what I'm getting at is that we can't really define reality in a lot of ways, you know? So uh, saying whether something's subjectively real, objectively real, or real in some other sense, uh, you just end up in a philosophical quandary, you know? Um, Is there a physical reality to to Bigfoot? You know, there's footprints. Uh, We have those. Uh, And... uh, you know, with ghosts and, and UFOs, uh, um, I, you know, people see the, see the things and the stories are the, are the part that's really fascinating to me. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know that I'm really too concerned with proving any of it, you know, uh, and, uh, the, <laughs> um, the physical or, uh, material reality of it is, is less important to me than the fact that it exists in some form, whether imaginary or not. That's amazing. And it's very true because I don't even know. I I kind of feel like I'm in the same boat too. If I don't know if I want to prove whether or not it's real, I just want to experience it. 
Yeah. And yeah. That, that's the fun in it for me is being able to experience all of it. And I want to hear the reasons about we all get into the paranormal, I believe, is because we all want experience. Yeah. And I want to hear about your experience when you have it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> Like you said, AP, I mean, so much of it, the, the stories of the people when they're actually sharing it, uh, it's, to me, probably one of the things the Pagan and I connected on right away was we had an interest uh, in the field of the paranormal, but we hadn't really sat down and, and started looking into it. But the people's stories, the, the depth of just the historical accuracy or inaccuracy when you're digging up these cases, that really, really, really stood out to us in our first Mm -hmm. We're kind of coming up in our first year of running Chaos and Shadow now. And I'd say that was one of our first big slaps in the face the first, like, four months of the show was some of these cases are amazing, but they're, they get circulated and, and almost nothing um, is there to prove it. So if I could, AP, maybe spin that to a conversation of um, being on Twitter, as we are, how the ufo twitter has taken off with this upcoming idea of disclosure coming out we've seen some really bad uh actions in there some serious misogyny that you were you were really combating over there um but but how how is this before we talk about that how do you find like people sharing information about these things these days like you mentioned wanting to know people's stories uh, is Twitter making it like an easier way for you to hear people's stuff or is it actually clogging it with um, kind of just shared stuff or misinformation even? Well, the thing about Twitter is, and this is a well-kept secret, I guess, um, it is possible to curate your feed. <laughs> uh, the, 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 a lot of people don't seem to realize that what, what appears in your timeline is is stuff you chose to see you can mute things you can you can follow the people you want to follow unfollow other people um i've curated my twitter experience to the point that i i can uh I, you know interact with the kinds of content that i want so um it, that's that's through careful careful being careful with my follows and and you know muting people that that don't give me anything interesting um if it's the hashtag ufo twitter stuff um for the last couple of years i've tactic uh, i've uh you know tactically ignored you know the a lot of the discussions that ufo twitter has um Either they just really bore the hell out of me, to be honest. It, it, it's it's a lot of material, uh, nuts and boltsy, government documents, and hoping for uh, a, some kind of utopian disclosure movement, some kind of moment where this is going to happen, and um, and the reality of something. I don't know. Not UFOs. Not UAP. Like they want to. I guess the disclosure that. The U.S. government has extraterrestrial technology. I'm not even clear what they want anymore. <laughs> I don't know that they know but, anymore. <laughs> right, and it's and to me, it's like for the last couple of years, I've been content to ignore it or and occasionally poke fun. Like mm -hmm. to me, it's disclosure is always going to be the football that Lucy Van Pelt is holding out, right? And UFO Twitter mm -hmm. is ever the Charlie Brown running up to kick it, you know. Um, <laughs> Because this has happened, I mean, over and over again. Being somebody that's spent a lot of his life reading this stuff, um, and the you know the last bunch of years seriously 
researching it or trying to um you have the condon report you know you have mm-hmm. you, you have moments uh throughout history where where something big was supposed to come out and it was supposed to prove everything and uh it just it never does it never pans out so i'm not i don't have high hopes for that kind of thing in the past couple of years i've been content to ignore it and um like I said, I, I did, did so very intentionally, and a lot of the conversations and arguments that people have are things I wouldn't touch with a ten-foot borrowed alien probe. But um, <laughs> more, 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 more recently, um, so, some of the comments of you know I, I've realized how toxic some of it really is too, and that's that's alarming. I mean, that's stuff worth calling out. I think you know. Because now you're actually talking about hurting people, you know, and and I I can't stand for that. So I'd like to thank you as as just someone, I mean, myself being part of the LGBT community and like it's just really impactful to have people speak up. That's so, so, so important. I think people are, like you said, recognizing more of what's going on online, especially uh, as conversation has become extremely volatile and hostile like everyone's feeling very uh emboldened i'd say as of these recent months and years since covid especially but before that i mean like you alluded to this is a slow cooking sort of thing this is not an overnight deal um but i'm really happy so for folks that don't or aren't on twitter a very small synopsis of what was going on was i think ap you called out a lot of uh you called out a misogyny sort of post that was going on that was mocking um, women for uploading a, a selfie with hashtag UFO Twitter. And um, I, I mean, it was it just really showed how gross of a side of that community existed. I'm not someone that follows those hashtags on my own. I didn't even, this is going to sound embarrassing, but I wasn't like sure how many people actually conversed in hashtags like that these days. So (laughs) when UFO Twitter, when you brought that forward kind of and showed that you were the one that got on my timeline, it started a great movement of people reclaiming it um, and pushing back against that. So just a thank you from from us that thank you for speaking out on that notion and being bold enough to confront something as as gross as that. Um, Do you have any kind of tip? Do you have any like suggestions on that AP for anyone else that's seeing it going around? Like I, I, I know confronting this stuff isn't the most easy or simple, but like you said, you were content to ignore it, but all of a sudden, you know, you really took it on anything you'd like to kind of pass along to other people with that. Yeah. I mean, um, well, it's like, a, like I was saying, I, people, some people enjoy getting on Twitter just to argue, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and some people enjoy conflict. I'm not one of those people. I don't, typically enjoy conflict <laughs> but uh when i when I've, i i'm it, there comes a point now where things have really gone too far in the past couple of years like you said people have been have felt emboldened to say things that they otherwise would have felt ashamed or afraid to say and uh we need to make them afraid to say it again <laughs> it's not because it's not okay you know it's Bravo. Not... <laughs> do it again <laughs> yeah i clap for that statement for sure <laughs> because we're trying to to have uh ufo twitter like the people there like to say it's an open place for everybody to come and discuss their ideas and without judgment and all this other stuff 
And it's just, um, and I will say that really it's comprised of a lot of people that are very excited about the recent events, you know, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a handful on there that are purely toxic, uh, and bad <laughs> about what they do online. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the people in there are very impressionable, you know, and, uh, and some of them don't agree, but they won't say anything either, you know? So the, the tweet I did call out was, I think, specifically said, um, females posting selfies to UFO Twitter shows that we were gone mainstream, you know? <laughs> so there, I mean, there was, there was a couple, a couple of things that I took exception to, to with that. Um, but then this first comment is, Ooh, I see I've angered some people that are coming at me with some woke bollocks, <laughs> Um, and he talked about having his finger over the block button. Uh So it's like, you know, I take a screenshot because that's a pro tip. If you want to go after some of these people is screenshots are good because they can't take it down. You have it. (laughs) Um, my comment back was I'd much rather see women, not females, women posting selfies than these, um, disclosure bros post their garbage opinions all day. Uh, I mean, really, it was an offhand thing. I I did not expect that to take off. And <laughs> within a couple of days, I mean, within a week, you have Lou Elizondo posting a selfie saying he's in solidarity with the guys and gals of Twitter as if it could that could be any more tone deaf. <laughs> I know that was big yikes. When I saw that. <laughs> but in the meantime, you had women all over the place jumping on saying just hi, hi, hashtag UFO Twitter. And some of them were you know, clearly, clearly doing it to get under people's skin. Other people were just jumping on board. Um, and, uh, the reactions to it have been really fascinating to watch. You know, uh, a lot of people in UFO Twitter to their credit have been commenting, saying, welcome to the club. Like, we're happy to have you here. You know, feel, you know, uh, we're excited to see what you have to offer. And other, you know, and then others, others (laughs) have, uh, outed themselves as i don't know if i'm allowed to swear on the show yeah yes you are (laughs) we swear it's all good (laughs) well you know others have have uh, revealed themselves to be tremendous assholes uh and and um yeah it's it's been it's been very revealing you know it's Mm -hmm. if you weren't sure about people before it's just look at their reactions to this you know, <laughs> if you're going to be that upset about women posting selfies, like, um, you really need to get your priorities straight. <laughs> right? <laughs> it, it was so wonderful to watch the reaction kind of started for me, at least through your tweet and to, to watch the reaction kind of spread like, you know, sparks of fire throughout a very dry field and just everything caught on after that. And it was so cool just to see how many people are like, no, you don't get to be an asshole in this space anymore. We're going to take this back and we're going to say, hey, we're not assholes. We enjoy being here and we're going to spread this whole hashtag full of positivity and body positivity. And there you go. So it was awesome. It was really awesome. So thank you for starting that fire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't say that I intended to do that. But, um, <laughs> I also have to give cr- credit where it's due. Kiki, 
Kiki Dombrowski, who's awesome. I don't know if you guys are familiar with her. Uh, she's another liminal ambassador and uh, uh, the author of Curious Fortune. Mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. yeah, um, she's the one that commented on my on that tweet saying, "So are we all posting you selfies to UFO Twitter now?" And so that was kind of her idea. It kind of took off from her. So um, I, I I like to give her credit for it as well. Huge shout um, out to Kiki on that one. That yes. I, yeah. Something I get from it is just the importance of speaking up. Um, again, coming from the perspective of uh, the LGBT community, I always found it very, very important, the allyship sort of thing. Because uh, you really, well, I mean, let's look at the case of misogyny. Uh, the, the, the guys that are saying crap about women aren't going to take a woman's opinion to change them, uh, which is disgusting and wrong as it is. But it's why speaking up when someone sees something wrong is just so important across the board because you never know when you standing up to someone like AP did in this case could uh, cause a mini movement like this to spawn up and, and just retake that space. So call out the stuff that you see people doing that are wrong, folks. It's it's a really good trend. And I don't know. We need more of it in the world. Like you said, AP, less space for the other folks. Uh, they shouldn't feel comfortable sharing those gross opinions. It's key. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think I was surprised at not only how much that took off. I mean, I I was looking at a lot of the selfies and saying, well, this can't all be from my tweet. Surely somebody else said something, too. <laughs> you know? um, but uh, uh, I was surprised at how many like really how many people reacted really well. And if this does end up resulting in a better, weirder, more fun UFO Twitter, uh, with, with, uh, with, with more women involved and, and more discussions outside of the latest thing that Lou said, <laughs> oh then, then that would be amazing. I mean, it's almost a form of alchemy. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, turn, turning a very boring lump of lead into, into some kind of weird gold. So, uh, that's my hope for it is, is that a lot of those people that were there stick around and, get to get really weird with the subject and have more fun with it because ultimately that's what it's all about is the mysteries, you know? Um, and, and aside from just the misogyny in, in that, I mean, I've seen, uh, there was another thread a little while ago about people using, um, you know, really derogatory language privately, uh, and publicly saying they're trying to be very inclusive of people, uh, violent language against people that are considered against the cause of disclosure. Um, uh, yeah, no, and it, it's not pretty stuff. And it, it seems to all stem from, to my mind, uh, um, a sense of infantile rage, some toxic masculinity, uh, peppered with a little bit of patriotic hero worship. Yeah, you know, a lot of these people seem to um, only care about stuff that comes from the military, uh, <laughs> and then they consider it like a war. Like they think they're disclosure warriors, and in, in a sense, it's kind of laughable. It feels like a LARP, you know. It feels like mm-hmm. they're just LARPing. But on the other hand, it's like so did QAnon when that started. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you have people like Jeremy. <laughs> And when you have people like Jeremy Corbell saying, weaponize your curiosity, that's the, um, and posting ridiculous CGI videos of himself all jacked up and snapping the neck of a gray alien. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that. No, <laughs> but, but ew. It was on, 
oh no, it was, it was bad. Um, yeah, I, it's, it, it's, it's the antithesis of, of what I like about all of these subjects. Um, because if you want to weaponize your curiosity, it, it, it's, it's the same thing to me as going on a, um, going on a ghost hunt and looking for demons, you know, if you're looking <laughs> for demons, you're probably going to find demons, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, if, if your idea of a paranormal investigation is, is living in a horror movie, then you're going to live a horror movie. Um, what, why not approach it with a sense of wonder? Why not, uh, you know, uh, care for, uh, cultivate, romanticize, the ideas of uh, that sense of wonder, the feeling that you felt when you were a little kid and you saw the surgeon's photo of Nessie or the first time you saw a picture of, uh, of uh, like a Nadamsky style flying saucer. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the kind of wonder I like to keep returning to. Um, that's the kind of thing that fuels for me what the phenomena is all about. It's the marginalia. It's the bits of it that are, in the margins that, that are, uh, that are never going to be fully explained, never going to be flushed out. Every time you try to pin it down, there's one little puzzle piece that doesn't fit. There's different layers to it. When you peel back one, it appears to be a hoax. But then if you peel it back again, now there's something that's inconsistent and somebody was lying about the hoax element. (laughs) So you peel it again. It always gets a little bit weirder. And, um, yeah, I mean, so to my mind, Mysteries exist purely to fulfill the function of being mysterious, which sounds like a silly thing to say. It sounds almost no, like it doesn't. Lot, you know, uh, um, but mysteries need to exist to give us something to think about. You know, mm-hmm. something to uh, inspire us, something to to get those wheels turning, and um, and and on a personal level with experiences when these things happen to you and you can't reconcile them and perhaps have nobody to talk to about it, thus begins a personal journey for yourself. And the mystery becomes, uh, it becomes a journey of, of self-development, which in, its, which in itself is, is a magical transformative act. Uh, ever-changing, always in the margins, always liminal. Wow. <laughs> There's a lot to that. There's so much to that. And it's, it's really interesting that as we have you know, Kyle was saying as we're, we're approaching our one-year mark with Chaos and Shadow, it's really interesting how we together have kind of gone on a journey similar to that to where in the beginning, yeah, there was a lot that was quote-unquote black and white um, in terms of evidentiary support in the cases. And now I would say that at least speaking from my perspective, it's not that way anymore. It's changed and the mystery is ever evolving. And that's, it it constantly is like, you're two steps behind something that you're trying to chase and catch to learn about, but it's a lot faster than you. And it's like, no, I'm going to chirp you up now. And it's, I don't want to say it's almost, it's kind of this chaotic, but mischievous and fun childlike wonder that it continues to push forward to you and you know it's like nope keep chasing you're close but you're not there yet and it's just it's really exciting and it continues to be exciting because it always is changing yes yes very much 
Yep. <laughs> it's like being fairy led. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> Sorry, everybody had to put a quick uh, cut there just to switch us over to a different Zoom call. But um, AP, you just mentioned the idea of fairy led. At, at Peg and you would also just mentioned that in general, our show has been kind of a, a leading process that we've opened mm-hmm. our, our eyes to many different things. And AP, you teased earlier the idea of psychical kind of research and ESP fun. That's a route that Pagan and I have been playing with a lot um, in feeling more emboldened with a bunch of friends in the community that are very like-minded to start doing some like Estes Method spirit box communication um, over distance. Is there any kind of area to that sort of exploration, whether it's, um, you know, in feel like actually the location investigative stuff or um, whether it be digital and more or more seance based? Is there an area of actual investigative stuff you enjoy or find yourself most attracted to researching? Hmm. Well, I tend to look for the weirdest of the weird. Uh, on- <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my favorite. I I tend to think that the keys to uh, figuring out anything about the phenomena are going to be the absolute weirdest cases you can you can think of. So um, as far as actual investigations go, I'm, I wouldn't consider myself that much of an, an investigator. If I hear about a cool place, I'll, I might go check it out. But um, you know, I don't I don't you know use use too many tools other than uh a pendulum or tarot cards so <laughs> um I, I i as far as researching goes it, it's it's always going to be the weirdest stories possible um like jeff the talking mongoose has has become kind of a a, a totem for me <laughs> yeah. and some of my friends you know because it's just so it's so bizarre you know <laughs> And it's such a silly sounding story or uh, the Joe Simonton space pancakes, you know, stories that are just really fun because of how absurd they are. But I think that absurdity lends a weird kind of credibility to it. You know, that's the kind of weird curve I'm looking for when I when I find stuff to research. I love that. I love I, I love that on both parts of that answer and in what you're saying about searching these these stories. But also, I mean, um, the pendulum and tarot for investigative stuff is is things that I wouldn't have considered um, a little beyond a year ago. But I think this great group of community that we hang out with online has really opened my eyes to kind of the more um, almost. I don't want to like diminish them by saying this, but more accessible tools, I guess, uh, tarot and pendulum mm-hmm. being fairly available to folks. Uh, something yeah. I hadn't done before, but yet, like, I feel like there's an, a kind of a cool entry level to that sort of thing. Um, that we were talking about this with the UFO Twitter. We get a lot of people that are kind of impressionable and coming on board, uh, might not know what kind of tools to turn to or who to talk to. So when we get to the occult side of it. I mean, those are two great things, the pendulum and tarot, that have been demonized and really uh, satanic panicked in the past, right? So yeah. I find it really cool when people say they are actually picking up those implements and 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 bringing them into a space that almost got bulldozed, I'd say, by like the early 2000s ghost TV shows. They... Very few of those use anything outside of just K2 meters and that sort. So when we see this revitalization of people um, mentioning they're using tarot and, and pendulum work, I dig that. I think that's awesome. 
when it comes to stories like Jeff the Talking Mongoose, because that's that's one I've uh, only recently stumbled across, but but heard a little bit about. How do you even go about finding some of those super obscure ones? Because they're not the most. Uh, well, I mean, if they're if they're so obscure, they've got their own notoriety. One thing, but you just pull great stuff from all over the web. Is this back to your curated Twitter feed, or I don't know what's? How do you keep your pulse on some of this strange? Uh, it has way less to do with with the internet uh, and way more to do with my weird library. So <laughs> I'm a compulsive book buyer collector, and I have been for ages. So um, if you just haunt used bookstores like I do, flea markets, yard sales, library book sales, uh, thrift stores, um, the, any, any venue that might possibly have a pile of old books and old magazines, you'll find me digging through it for something weird. Um, and I almost always do find something weird. Uh, and, and the, like the older, the better old paperbacks, particularly ones from the seventies are great. Um, there's a lot of material in there that people just forget about, you know, uh, books by Ivan Sanderson or Brad Steiger or, um, uh, let's see, you know, the old John Keel books, yeah. uh, the Charles Fort stuff. If you actually mm-hmm. go back and read Fort, there's some really good hidden gems in there that people just haven't picked out on. Um, the contactees of the fifties, um, uh, like old occult books, new agey occult books can be a lot of fun. Um, and really just, uh, starting down a path of, of, of researching one specific subject, I always find spider webs off in a lot of different directions. And uh, I find myself seeking out the numerology book that Elvis Presley used compulsively <laughs> and reading that, you know? Um, so uh, some, sometimes I do have to go find the book online, but yeah, largely the weirdest stuff I find is something from one of the books or old fate magazines or 14 times magazines that I have laying around. I love it. Gosh, anytime you're sharing photos from your collection, it's just really, really cool stuff. I saw you were fixing up, um, what was that, 13 Ghosts? You had some frames from that that you were cleaning the other day. Those looked nice and polished by the end of it. That was unbelievable, honestly. Like, uh, are you an old campy horror fan? I Somewhat. I do. I do dabble. I do dabble. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little a little older than you guys, but <laughs> <laughs> not old enough to have seen that theater. But uh, it, when I when I was a kid, I mean, I loved loved movies from like the 50s and 60s, and even older than that. Um, and like the William Castle movies were so much fun to me. He was the king of gimmicks, so he always had. Um, he had like the emerjo, which was like a skeleton that would fly out over the audience, or um, percepto, which was like buzzers in the chair to make you think that the tingler was touching you. Um, and for the movie Thirteen Ghosts, he had these these little cardboard frame visor things. They look like three D glasses, but the idea was if you looked through the red part, you'd be able to see the ghosts, and if you looked through the blue part, you wouldn't be able to see them. Um, I love it. I've always loved the movie 13 Ghosts. They remade it back in like 1998, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somewhere in the 90s. I saw the remake. Yeah. The original is so much fun. I think it actually has the Wicked Witch of the West in it. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Uh, 
but it uh it's just campy campy fun stuff you know and (laughs) i I loved it there's a scene with um one of the ghosts is a lion tamer that got his head bitten off by a lion and he's just kind of like looking for his head and the lion ghost (laughs) is there too um and that, that stuck with me from, I don't know, I must have saw that when I was like six years old or something. So it's been like a good deal of my life wanting a pair of those ghost fewer glasses, you know, yeah. <laughs> just because just because it's part of that movie. You know, it's it, it's part of it was part of the experience in 1960 when they first released it. And I found a pair in an old building. Um, they had apparently just been sitting there gathering dust for 60 years. I can see that for sure. I'm so glad you got those nice and polished up. I guess they really were. They were looking hecka <laughs> dirty, but that's amazing. I love, I love the concept for those two. The ghost remover versus viewer, just based on the level you're looking at. That is such right. a cool find. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, and uh, it, for anybody else to have found that, really they probably would have just picked it up and then cast it aside again or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Nope, and most people wouldn't know what it was. I mean, I picked it up and saw like Ghost Viewer, and I'm like, no way, no way. And I look over and it says William Castle's 13 Ghosts, and I was like, no fucking way. Wow. <laughs> like, I'm losing my mind over it, texting my wife. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that's like a kind of magic right there, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I mean, I was I was planning on going to the flea market over the weekend, hoping to find something cool. And I knew I would find something cool, but stuff came up and I ended up not going. And then I, I you know, happened to find this in a weird old building, <laughs> way cooler than anything I would have found at the flea market. No doubt. That is for sure. Life has a funny way of giving you, you know, what you've been kind of wishing for and what like that. That's mm-hmm. I'm so glad that's in your hands because that's that is a great piece of history that I know you're going to take super good care of. So, oh, yeah. hey, it yep. finds its way. Right. Everything gets the right person. It really does. It's amazing how it does, though, because then you got to sit there and wonder about it. You got to wonder about causality, like the amount of things that had to happen in order for that to fall into my hands. You know, like uh, what had to not happen? Like nobody's cleaned that room in so long. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's uh, uh, when you get to thinking that way, thinking causally and and cause and effect and how things fall into place in just such a way that things happen that anything happens it's amazing that anything happens at all (laughs) that's what i mean about reality being really weird is when you really start to sit and think about it um the fact that we can predict things that happen really doesn't seem that weird the fact that things happen at all is pretty weird Mm -hmm. it's like john it's like john tenney says the stuff you think is weird is weirder than you think yeah (laughs) <laughs> is that what is that it did i get it i right? think i, I think you got it you got you, it close I think you at got least it pretty close to right yeah i i can't remember what he says off the top of my head but i i love interacting with you and tenny on twitter if, if you guys aren't following ap and, and tenny you need to because uh those those exchanges you guys have and i saw you that's how i got the the glasses in my feed right is, is you tag tenny and asking for tips on fixing it and i uh i just love how helpful that community is in like fixing up stuff uh, again, like you'd mentioned, like if it was anyone else, they probably would have just thrown it away. So huge, right. like, I don't know. It's just so cool to see people saving a, a hold of this weird occult history that uh, 
I don't know. I, I, there's just something nostalgic, like you said, too, when you see it, it invokes something, and that's a lot of mystery in itself. Yeah, it's it it is absolutely a form of practical and personal magic. Um, I mean, really, what is magic other than developing upon yourself? You know, making yourself better, more powerful, smarter. You know, um, it, it, uh, more divine, more spiritual. You know, the, the building upon yourself, the personal journey, is very, uh, very important. And uh, I can, I can get carried away with it and start talking like a mystic. And <laughs> the last thing I want is followers in that respect. Um, <laughs> yeah. As, yeah. As a discord, as a discordian, I would eschew that. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but I, I do love it. I love to see it. I love to see people um, grow, you know, and learn and, and get excited about things and go out and discover things. You know, it's, um, I, I know I get great joy from it and, that's all I wish for everybody else is that same kind of joy. That That is a wonderful, wonderful sentiment. So AP, as yes. we get ready to, to wind this interview down, I think a good kind of question to build off of that one is, is there anything book-wise that you're enjoying this summer? Anything you might want to recommend people? It could be TV shows or anything that's catching your eye in the occult space. I mean, you talked about having this great library of your own. Uh, any any recommendations that people sh- you just think they should be digging into this summer? Well, I did mention Kiki already because her book is is coming out as a second edition. That's going to be out um, in a couple weeks, actually, or probably by the time this episode's out, it might already be out. But the beginning of July, um, and 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 that's an awesome book. The first edition was awesome, so the second one is just like I think two or three times as long it's just got so much more in it you know so i could recommend that um i recommend just uh listen to podcasts like the saucer life and investigate some of the old contactees yeah if you ever find books by the contactees like get to know a little bit about them first some of them are dicey (laughs) they're they're uh <clears throat> they're, they're um, some of them have dicey views or or skeevy activities, and some of them are just nuts. But they can be a lot of fun. <laughs> like contactees are so much fun to read about and read the books of. Um, uh, as far as things I'm watching, I don't know. It's like I, I started watching Loki. That's that's pretty good so far. <laughs> um, I guess look up some William Castle movies because yeah. Uh, that, Absolutely. If you got one of those projectors outside, you can, you, you know, uh, project it in your yard and watch it, have a little William Castle movie night. <laughs> I love that. That's a great idea yeah. for a summer hangout. So yeah. Kiki Dombrowski's book, A Curious Future, a handbook of unusual divination and unique ocular techniques, or I'm sorry, oracular or oracular Oracular. 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 Thank you guys for saving me tonight. I cannot English on this episode. Um, This is actually a book that I've not picked up before. But again, with everything that we've been interested in exploring divination, this is totally something that's up my alley. So this is going in the uh, pre-order now. And like you said, this episode will be out, folks. So um, July 13th, 2021. Your pre-orders will come true. And uh, yeah, right now, what's this, nine nine ninety nine on Amazon Prime? What the heck? That's 
Super yeah, great. It's a steal. That's a literal steal. That's so good. Uh, this is, yeah, impossible <laughs> to say no to. So Kiki, shout out. That's really, really good. Thank you, oh, AP. I, I would also recommend the Two Witches podcast. <gasps> That's a good one to listen to. Oh, we are so excited. We we need to, we're having them on here in the near future. Um, I've, I've exchanged a, a tweet here and there, and we just, it's just got to happen. I, I cannot wait mm-hmm. to chat with them. Yeah, they're two of my besties, so I'm a little biased. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, they're amazing humans. <laughs> Agreed. Absolutely yeah. amazing. So, AP, you got the website, apstrange.com, with the blog up there. You're very active yeah. on Twitter. What's your handle so people can go find you over there? Uh, I really need to change my handle. It's at aprodigiosis. So, uh, if you can't spell aprodigiosis, that's okay because. You know, the first four letters, A-P-R-O, will get you there. <laughs> right. Uh, you can also just search AP Strange and you'll find me. <laughs> Absolutely. The, but, um, yeah. And then the, the blog uh, doesn't get updated very often. Unfortunately, I, I have less time to write than, than I would like. But uh, there is some fun stuff on there. The most recent one was about the connection between Bugs Bunny and UFOs. So that's worth reading. That sounds really interesting. (laughs) I love this sort of stuff. AP, this is just phenomenal. Thank you for coming on here and sharing it all with us. Like, this is just... Uh So up our alley. So I'm so glad to have you on as, as part of our summer grouping here. It's 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 been an honor, truly. Folks that are out there mm-hmm. listening, make sure you go follow AP over on Twitter. Uh, go check out the blog. Go, go check out this post about Bugs Bunny and UFOs. That's wild. <laughs> AP, you stay awesome out there. I mean, we we thank you so much, truly, for for everything you're doing in the community, for keeping it such a cool place, and and really for inspiring folks to dive into the paranormal and I, I guess most of all, really thank you for also guiding uh, ourselves and others that are coming into the field that are new. And, and you have this wealth of knowledge and you've made it so accessible to us all. So thanks for the questions that you've answered and just all the awesomeness in between. Oh, you're very welcome. You guys are very sweet. And I, I love I love the show. I love the whole uh, the, the whole attitude and. Oh, thank you so much for I being know. here. Put a huge uh, smile on my face. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, 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 to this day, every time somebody comes on the show and they're like, we love the show, it just makes us both blush ridiculously True to the that. point that we're just like, oh, gosh, <laughs> I can't oh, believe wow. that people like us. They really like us. <laughs> were you guys able to hear me? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. I couldn't hear your response. It just completely cut out. It said, oh, it, no. It, on my end, it said internet connection unstable. So. <laughs> we we got we like left off on the last word you were saying, but you we we had caught the huge compliment you just dropped on us. So yes. we were just gushing about you saying nice things. So yes, uh, we were. <laughs> I guess I just missed the gushing part. Yeah, okay. <laughs> TLDR. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We we love that. That was so kind of yes. you to say. <laughs> AP, what do you say? We get out of here. We'll we'll let everyone go for the night. We'll go relax and kick back. Everyone that's listening, I hope you're staying safe out there. I hope you enjoy exploring the weird. Again, AP's a great source for that. So AP Strange on Twitter. Uh, if you are going out and exploring locations this summer, just be safe. Do all the good things. And we'll catch you all very, very soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.